hello, Caroline. We're uh, back already, just one weekend. I know. Hello. It's good to see you. Yeah, it feels like yesterday. <laughs> it probably was yesterday. No, it was last week. And what was our challenge? Our project for this week was knitting one sock inside another sock. So knitting two socks at once. How did you get on with that? Well, I was quite inspired, I have to say, because I read this article, this blog post by Corey Stamper on Knitty about extreme knitting, two socks in one, patterns that I found knitting it in that way. And she made it sound so easy and so how could you not possibly do it? If you're a good knitter, it's a great challenge. However, I have struggled big time. She shows pictures of how to cast on with two colors. That was beyond me. I have gone to the cheats version where I am basically instead of casting on with both yarns at the same time on the needle, I've just used two different needles, cast on in the one color, the required stitches, and then the other color, and then transferred them, you know, alternating colors onto my working needles. I've had done that a number of times because I'm quite good at it now because I've had to it so many times. However, I've struggled to get going. There was lots of challenges. I think I've got it now. I had a eureka moment yesterday after I watched another YouTube video. Well, I, I would like to think it was after my fabulous explanation. <laughs> well, it turns out, thank you. Yes, thank you for your support. <laughs> but I'm a visual person as well. So I tried to find someone on YouTube that was knitting in that way and I found a YouTube video by Jack Knits and it was very good at explaining and holding it the continental way but I didn't realize at the time that I was doing the right technique stitch wise but I wasn't holding the yarn the right way so it got twisted when I put the yarn down to do something or rest my hand or for whatever reason and when I picked it up I twisted it so then the two the two parts got stitched together and that's where my frustration came from. Did you not have the same problem? Uh, no. <laughs> I, How come you're so much better? <laughs> uh, well, because I'm a super fudger <laughs> and rather than look at any instructions, I thought, well, I'll cast on and see what happens. But I did the same thing. I cast on two separate cast-ons and then knitted them together. Mm. And I could see... I mean, I didn't even know what the technique was. I looked up techniques afterwards, but I could see if I kept one yarn to the front and one yarn to the back, then it's knitting two separate projects. So and that's what I did. But was that obvious to you? You've obviously needed a few more rows than I have. I thought I'd be halfway down a sock in the time that I allowed myself, but it was so <laughs> on row two and I've unpicked it so many times. Look, afterwards, I did look at different techniques and everything. And I am not a visual learner. And every single video, I was just like, God, thank God I didn't look at anything. I could just see when I was knitting them all onto one needle how it would work. So, in fact, what I did was I kept one wool to the front mm. for my knit stitch and one wool to the back for the purl stitch. So I did a knit on the front and yeah. the purl for the back sock. Because that's, that's the technique, isn't it? Well, there are a number of different ones I know now. You can knit them both the same way, but that just seemed too hard for me to get my head around. And you can also do a different technique, which is you knit one, slip one, 
Yes. With one yarn, knit one slip one with the other yarn. However, I did do one row of that and then I thought, well, I'm doing two rows in one, you yeah. know. Yeah, it's a bit like brioche. I feel I, I didn't want to go down that technique either because mm. it takes a long time. So I went back to um, the way that I thought it should be done. Mm. Obviously, as a left-hander, the pearl rows have come on the outside. Yeah. And my knit rows are on the inside. Not that it matters because you just turn it the other way, but it... It I, it does look like I'm like I'm doing an incredibly great pearl project. I didn't think that it was very hard. Casting on was the most fiddly bit. Knitting the cast on rows together. So I mean, I've done an Italian two color cast on before, but that's for brioche where they get twisted up. So there must be a way that you can do that kind of cast mm. on and get two separate. Yes. Well, clearly in this article on Nitty, the blog that I read, she did it. But it was just too hard for me to comprehend. I don't think I'm a person for instructions. I always struggle. And then I come and ask you, mm. you go, oh, why don't you just do it like this? It's super easy. So I struggled with that. Mm. What what you failed to appreciate was <laughs> that I, I got Jeremy to film me doing it to show you <laughs> and send you the video. And I can't believe you haven't mentioned that as the number one well, video in your oh. list. Apologies, of course. It was a rubbish video, wasn't it? <laughs> <laughs> no, it was helpful in a way that I saw how you did it, but somehow not good. I don't. No, 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 no. It was a bit funny. It's very fiddly with your fingers oh, and everything totally. to try and show how you do the. Plus, I'm knitting backwards, and even when I looked at the video, I was like, "Well, it doesn't look like anything anyone's ever." Knit. I'm quite surprised how I turned my wool. You should video yourself knitting. Yeah. Well, I would have. Well, I had a, a brief moment last night when I was knitting, but I didn't know how to knit and film at the same time because yeah. I would have to balance it on my trunk or <laughs> on my between trunk your boots. Somewhere. That's right. Or holding it. Putting it in my bra knitting. But in the end, what, uh, my husband just said, What are you doing? Let me just film it for you. Well, well once I worked it out, it's pretty easy, really. But I'm just slightly disappointed in the way that I'm just knitting two tubes. It, this, it doesn't even have a ribbon, like a rib section to it. Yes, but you could have put a rib section on it. I didn't put a rib section on it either because I thought that might be complicated. But now I realize you, how you're knitting two completely separate socks. Yeah. And I can see how they're separate. I don't think I'd have trouble doing um, rib. Yeah. Or... Doing the part where we got to, you know, Do decrease the for, the, for the heel. I can't see it'll be a problem once you get your head around how the socks are separate. Yes. And it's much easier once you get going and you have a few rows and you see how they sort of fit into each other. Not fit into each other, but they are two separate Entities. pieces. Yeah. And I, I have had once or twice where obviously I've put it down and picked it back up and I've realized that I've connected it yes and it's quite easy and simple to do because as you go around you you can just tell that it's not right yes and have you had to fix that like did you notice it straight away or yes when i did this next round up yeah i could see that it was attached so i just unattached it so that's a really good part that we're knitting it with two colors so one sock is one color and it makes it easy to see which stitches you need to knit and which ones to purl. 
But I'm a bit annoyed that I'll be having two mismatched socks. <laughs> I can't even. I can't even reply to that. Right. But I have also had the thought that because see, you were holding it slightly differently to me, whereas even though you're doing one knit and one pearl, you're holding both of the wools to the front. Yes, because that's what my instructions said. Well, I am holding one wool to the front and I actually was throwing it a bit like the British way to do the knit and one at the back for the pearls, so they never come anywhere close together. Yeah, but that's because you don't knit continental. Well, I sort of do a hybrid. I don't normally throw the wool. Yeah. Do some sort of, you know, made-up thing. Uh, but what I was going to say is because I have really got two very separate strands, I can't see the problem in doing it in one colour. And as you're going round, you'd still see if it was joined because you can see that they're separated as you do the stitches. Yeah. So when they were joined, how were they joined? Like, was it easy? You didn't have to... Well, yes, I had one time when I had obviously knitted, I am knitted it in brown and white because uh, it's what I've got left over from the cat. I just, yeah. just kept going with the symbols. So I had knitted an extra white, so the brown was white. So when yeah. I'm going around, that was easy. And another time I had just wound the wool one knit in one pearl you just push in the wool well I do anyway I do a knit and I pull the wool back with a needle pull the wool mm-hmm. forward with a needle so of course when you're doing all pearl sometimes I just pull the wool over automatically because my next stitch is a yeah. knit stitch so I did that once but all I had to do is unwind it from the stitch right so you didn't have to go unpick because I've unpicked a few stitches when I've when I noticed that I've twisted the yarn so they're connected. No, because I didn't, it's always been on the next row. I haven't right. had a situation where I've noticed that four rows down, there was yeah. a crossover. And you haven't gone back, say, five stitches to fix something. No, I just wait till I go. <laughs> I didn't notice it. I just wait till I came round to it again and then fix oh, it. Oh, maybe I should do that if I make a mistake again. Like, why would you go back when you can knit it forward and then come to it with the mistake? But because sometimes it's not so easy to fix a mistake then. Well, if you knit to the mistake, but you don't knit over the mistake again, yeah. it's exactly the same. Because yeah, but then you haven't done anything to the mistake. Yes. Lisa, that's revolutionary thinking. <laughs> I might get a bit further in my knitting now. I think you might find it just lazy knitting. <laughs> yes, because I always unpick. And it's really horrible to unpick... Because once the yarn is in the front and then it's in the back, so when I unpick, I've often had oh, it yeah, all you over. Oh, unpick too. Oh, that's it. I, like it didn't even occur to me to do that anyway. But had it occurred to me, I still would have thought it's too hard. And my second option would be to cut it, you know, cut it and tie a little knot in it. And do you find it slow? What? How do you find you can go with speed? Slow as all anything. And a bit tight. I've got a lot more pulling. Normally I just rip through the stitches, but you know what I mean? I've got a bit of pulling between the needles. Yeah, I haven't got far enough that I can say because how it's going, if it's tight or loose. I think it's rather looser than tighter. But that's my type of knitting usually. But it might end up looser because I said I keep going to pull it. I I don't normally pull about with a... Mm. I'm pulling it here and there all the time, you know, because because I'm throwing at the front as well, I think. Mm. 
But then again, you don't really need a ribbing at the top of a sock. You could just have a roll, a rolled. Yeah, all those really nice socks, and they fit perfectly. And I did um, an eye cord bind off. It didn't throw up, and I did an eye cord at the end, and it sits really nicely. Mm. That's a nice idea. Mm. I was thinking maybe I'll swap colors halfway so they're not so mismatched. I think I mentioned that last week. Oh, that was your idea I'm stealing? Of course. I, like, I think most <laughs> things that you steal are my idea, but there again. I was thinking about what you said. The Because when I was editing our podcast, I get to listen to us yes. in a lot more detail than maybe right now when I'm talking and I might be skipping over what you're saying. Yes. <laughs> and I realised that we were sort of talking a little bit in cross-purposes when we were talking, when I suggested that we do the same colours each. So I, for example, did one white and one brown, mm -hmm. and you did one white and one brown, and then we swapped. And we went into a conversation where you said, yeah, but I want to learn how to do them both. And I obviously did not pick up that I hadn't explained it properly, because what I actually went, meant was, yeah, we both do exactly what we're doing now, but then we give each other a sock. But it will be, be a different size. And this was the exact conversation yes. <laughs> we had last time. They would be the same size because we'd both be knitting with 56 stitches and we'd both just knit them, knit socks, 56 stitches, as we are doing right now, but then we gift each other I would gift you a white one and you would give me a brown one and then we'd have a pair. Yes, but would we put the heel in in the same place? Because you are a smaller size foot than I am. But we have the same size stitches and we'd be knitting exactly the same size. The difference will only come when we pull the sock on. So we're just knitting a tube without a heel. I just don't get your point. I, I can see that. <laughs> no, we knit the whole socks. So okay. we, the project we've got in front of us, we continue to knit. Sure. And we do the, the heels and we do the things and da -da, we've got two socks, but they are different colours. Yes. And I say, well, Caroline, you've got <laughs> two socks that are different colours too. Let's just gift each other one mm. sock each. Sure. But they will be identical. Because we're going to be knitting them identically, in parallel. You're going to do the heel the same way I'm going to do the heel. So they'll be the same. And then we'll pull them on and your massive foot will stretch the sock out. <laughs> and my tiny foot will shrink the and they look the same. Yeah, well, they'll look the same. Yes, they will be the same. And that goes back to our conversation last <laughs> week when I was like, you don't want my inferior sock on your it has, foot. It had nothing to do with inferiority or superiority or anything like that. My concern was just that one would be a big size and one would be a small size. But how can that be if we use the same number of stitches? Well, because you need to do more rows to do your foot. Okay. Right. I have got you. I never measure my foot. If you said we do 50 rows of the foot, I would just do 50 rows of the foot. I never, you know, shrink to fit. 
You never need to fit your foot? Mm. No, my gosh. Or you just need to Well, no, I've knitted socks for everybody. Well, all the girls. And I just knitted them all the same amount of rows. Their foot will need to stretch it. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, and I said, I'm knitting especially for you, but actually I've knitted them the same. <laughs> So you don't vary you don't vary your pattern. No. You don't make bigger socks for your boys than you do for Oh, I've never made socks for them. Well, well, whoever's got a big foot. No. <laughs> <laughs> do they wear them? Probably not. <laughs> uh, no. I think actually I did ask Claudia the size of her feet, so maybe everyone's got that size sock. Well, it's good to just need an average size. They all fit me anyway. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what size are you? You were in seven, seven or nine? Seven. That's a UK five. Right. You want... Sometimes a four is all according to what the shoe is. Yeah. Well, <laughs> what you want to fit into. <laughs> well, I'm a nine and that's a European 40. I know we've just run around a lot of different okay, sizes. Okay, so I know. European 40, I would be a European 37. Yes, that's a big difference. Mm. Well, my, I will under to your size and they can just be a bit baggier. I'm not really worried about that. Just so you can realise your sock oh, is perfect. my sock dreams <laughs> and my sock fulfilment. Exactly. And we, I will never complain. And if you had two different size socks, it would just drive you mental. No, I, I can make this work, I think. No. Well, for now, we can't do it because you were knitting your socks in purple and red and I am knitting mine in white and brown. <laughs> and you know what? I really enjoy knitting my my uh, piece because I used some yarn <laughs> I got at a quiz night. I um, I won the prize. It was um, donated by Pearl and Friends. It contained four balls of this. It's called the Outlaw Yarn Vanitas DK. It's alpaca and merino. It is so soft to knit. And I haven't really known what to knit with it, but since I needed two colors of the same thickness, the same yarn, I thought, mm, socks are usually not that big. I can spare some. Hmm. It's going to be good. Eventually, when happy. we finish them. Eventually. I have the feeling it might be a long-term project. Do you want to stick it out? Well. Or do you want to make it a priority to finish? Mm, or do you think I something don't... better might come along? <laughs> Anything better might come along. Um, I, I think we should just keep going with it, but we don't have to make the priority. I, I've got pattern envy at the moment. I've spent a lot of time looking. What do I want to make? Well, what have you found? Well, nothing. That <laughs> <me is right. laughs> I'm like, do I want to make a jumper? I, I don't know. I looked at that um, bag that I told you about last mm-hmm. week, you know, the Harry Potter. I've got ideal wool for that. Oh, but then it looked a bit fiddly. And I was like, really? You know, I use a leather rucksack. (laughs) (laughs) What am I going to be able to put in a wool bag? Because it'll be to the floor. (laughs) I'll be dragging it along. I don't know that it's practical. You might have to line it so it doesn't wear. Oh, it has got a lining. Or is it knitted? I don't know what you'd call it, but you would use it against the grain so there's not that much stretch. Yes. Well, it has a bottom and then I think you knit out from the bottom right. in the Stephen West fringe style. Right. 
And it has got a lining, so obviously that'll take the pressure off. That sounds like hard work. With the lining? Mm. Who wants to do that? Well, it's a silk lining. You probably just sew it in. I know, but you might have to. I don't know. It's like putting in a pocket in a jumper unit. That puts me off. Oh, or a I, cardigan. I really mm. like doing the pockets. You know when you do the secret wool thing? Remember with the, <laughs> I, the tweed cardigan that I made? I put in the string. You know, you knit in mm. your thing so you've got your live stitches really when you pull it out. And I wore it a few times and I thought, oh, what's that? I'd totally forgotten I'd put it in. <laughs> so I pulled and I was like, oh my God, is it for a pocket? And then that's when I knit the red pocket. But you knit the pocket or did you sew the pocket? No, I knitted the pocket. Oh, you knitted the pocket. Mm. Yeah, you know, you knit um, as you're going along. When you decide where your pocket is, mm. you knit in. Yeah, like a. Oddment of yarn. Like a lifeline of some sort. Yeah. So then when it's finished, you can take the lifeline out and you've got live stitches to knit your pocket. Mm. I didn't really think it through very well and obviously used the same colour yarn <laughs> as the, as the um, scrap yarn Yeah, and just completely forgot it. Oh, was it just a pocket on one side? Mm. Yeah. Easy to forget in a big project. Well, by the time you get to the end, you're just like, oh, thank God that's over. Yeah. I'm always like that. I, I'm always enthusiastic for the first three quarters of the project. Mm. Last quarter is just like pulling teeth. I can relate to that. Mm. You just want it finished yeah. and move on because you do start thinking about, oh, I wonder what I can make after I finish this. Yeah. And you just want to be finished so you can do something new. Yeah, Is that what you do? Yes, except that I find it frustrating in, in the situation that I'm in now, whereas I really want to do another project, a meaty project, but I haven't quite found the one. Mm. So that's a quandary. I've got this sock to knit while I think about what else I want to do. Mm, I think that's a good little thing because it's knitting, so it's therapy. But at the same time, it sort of allows you to still research, think about, dream, mm. get inspiration get from our thing. people. Yeah. Talking about therapy, you know, I sent you that um, I, link. Did you look yeah, at it? I looked at I read the article and I watched the video. So a pat on my shoulder, I did not forget. <laughs> That's good. And what do you think what did you think of it? Let me tell you first of all what it is. It's a video called Visible Mending mm-hmm. and it's made by Samantha Moore. She's on Instagram at Samantha Moore Animate. And it has the video which is a knitted animation has been nominated for a BAFTA for short films. And the BAFTA awards are on the weekend. Well, I hope she wins. It was so adorable. Yes. It was so adorable. Not only it had these little animals, um, the tension birds. Did you see those? Well, I watched the whole video. I watched it with my daughter. I went, oh, they're so adorable. Yeah. And she was knitting squares and my daughter had just asked, Oh, mum, I don't know what to knit. And in my head, I'm thinking, oh, don't pick anything too big. That's just going to, you run out of enthusiasm. Knit a square and we can knit it into a blanket or something. And you know, oh, I don't want to knit squares. And then this lady, I can't remember which one of those women it was who was knitting those birds, she turned the squares into birds and they were absolutely beautiful. Yes. And they are called 
tension birds and they are made by Lorna Hamilton Brown. And she on Instagram is at tension birds or at Hamilton Brown. She has mm-hmm. two accounts. They, they are filmmakers. Right. Yeah. So she was part of the project. And I just wanted to read, I'm sure you read the bit that I sent you, but it says, I, I so we're talking about Sam Moore. Mm. I started making this short documentary as a response to my mum developing dementia in her early 60s and forgetting how to read a knitting pattern. After years of having her knit for me, I taught myself how to knit by watching YouTube tutorials. As I learned more and my mum's health declined, I began to understand the solace that knitting brings. I think that's sort of a really good initiation for knitting. Um, she said, I started interviewing members of the Merrymakers, a small group of older knitters in rural Shropshire, England, over five years. All the members had their own stories illustrating this therapeutic power of textile arts and how knitted, granting them the time and space to process grief, frustration or health struggles. It's a well worth the watch. It is the yes. cutest thing. So all of that animals, this are the people that were talking, either made their anim you know, their knitted animal or chose the yeah. one they wanted. They were so cute. Mm. It was a it was a lovely video. Yes. Well I'd be vo- I'm voting for her. And it's only like, like an eight, nine minute video. So it's quite short. But the also what they were saying was really lovely. Mm. I think it Probably strikes a chord with lots of knitters because I often use knitting when I'm really stressed or I really, I don't want to talk to anyone or I want to do, Mm. you know, you are the big exception because (laughs) obviously I always (laughs) want to talk to you when I'm knitting or text you or whatever. But, you know, it can make a big difference and keep your stress levels down. Yes. Like when I was at the hospital, you know, getting um, my treatment and appointments, I knitted socks the whole time. I did go with a friend, but I was knitting yes. all the time. It was really helpful. I, I do similar things. Knitting also allows you to be present and still doing your own thing. So you can be with someone, like I said, at swimming, for <laughs> example, and can glance over to how the lesson is going, but I can actually do something productive and something enjoyable for myself at the same time. Mm. Wow pretending to be interested in what the children are doing yeah. or at soccer practice or whatever. Yeah, because, whatever it can be, to, because it can be quite a long time. You know, you're waiting for them to finish practice for two hours and you think, well, I could be doing something. So when you've got your knitting, yes, it doesn't feel like two hours of just hanging around. Yeah, it's not wasting. Mm. And sometimes I look forward to that. I had to – it was a <laughs> – a timeline clash yesterday because my son returned late from an excursion and it was right during swimming lessons. So I, I couldn't sit and st- or stay and knit. I had to go and pick him up and I was thinking, oh, there's another few rows I've missed out on today. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I feel like that when I'm really tired when I come home from work. I, you know, I get, get oh, I, I haven't got the energy to knit. Mm-hmm. And then I go to bed and think, oh, that was a waste of two hours. I really should have just picked up the knitting for half an hour. Mm. Because you just waste time otherwise. just Yeah. But particularly when I have something on the go, mm. I feel like even if I haven't knitted, at the end of the day, at least when I knit, 
a couple of rows to sort of have had some kind of progress and gotten a bit of meditation in, mm. I need to call it, because it is just sort of calming the calming the mind, calming the nerves. You're in a bubble or I'm in a bubble somehow. That's how good it is, knitting. It's definitely therapy. Talking about therapy, my therapy cat is finished. <laughs> it's beautiful. I love it. I think you've done a great job. Well, you're not sounding so... You know that my husband thinks you look a bit, a bit like a rabbit. But that's just rude. It, it is. He really put me off. I think it looks very cute. The positioning or the pose of the cat is a little bit unusual, that it sort of lies down and the legs are not floppy, but... But that could be my stuffing. No, I don't think so, because otherwise they would be bent in some way. So they just hang. It's it's a cat lying down, and it's quite loose, loose um, pose. I think you did a great job. I see what you mean, but ultimately it's a toy for a kid, isn't it? So, you know, it's, it's dangly. I think probably I could have fiddled a bit more the legs. But they said just she said just gently fill. I don't think they're supposed to be stiff. You know, it's not supposed to look like Arnold Schwarzenegger's legs. <laughs> <laughs> I sewed it up. That went quite well. This part to make the leg the so back leg, the back the hand, leg yeah. I had it had a double seam on it, and then you sewed the seams together again, which made like a little muscle. Yes, it looks good. Like the technique is fabulous to get that effect i think yes and but then i think so i can't really push any more stuffing down the leg even if i wanted to because it's 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 sewn together now so yeah. it's got a closed seam but in the front legs i could i mean i tried to stuff it exactly like the video because she has a video mm. claire garland from dot pedals has pebbles has a video and she stuffed the ear in there and she says, don't overstuff the neck. I feel like I did it exactly as she said. I feel like it's got a lot of stuffing in its back and maybe not enough stuffing in the front. It's not a pattern problem. It's a me stuffing problem. It is loose around the neck. If you were to put a collar around it, it would bring it in more and still leave the the, the face. It looks natural, I think. Mm. Like but this obviously, when when it's loose in the neck, it's a bit floppy. And that changes the sort of the look of it. I suppose. But she said, don't overfill the neck. And you can see if you overfill the neck, she, she yeah, it would look like, you know. It would be a bigger big neck as biker. well. Yes. And cats are not like that. I did extra stuffing in the face. So once I'd finished and my husband was like, yeah, that's really good. Looks a little bit like a rabbit because the face isn't fat, fat, fat enough. Mm. I took one of the eyes out. I undid the knitting because the the eye is set into a knitted diamond, black diamond. So I undid that and I stuffed a bit more through the eye into the face. I don't know. It's not exactly like hers. And I don't know whether it's because the irises are yellow rather than black. Mm. If that would make the cat look less shocked. But it's more like a big eyes, sort of a curious look. Look, I vary from being super pleased and I think it looks great to then, obviously, you heard my husband talking about it earlier and he he just made me feel bad about it, like it wasn't great. 
All right. So don't, for starters, don't let a non-knitter give you advice and feedback because they don't really know anything. anything. Mm. <laughs> and secondly, well, I think it turned out really nice. And it is, you don't want it rock hard. So in that respect, I think being a kid's toy, it's good to leave it soft. Well, you would just have to make another one. Was it hard? No, it wasn't hard. It was, as I said before, it was a bit more time-consuming than I expected, but not hard. It was very enjoyable. The hardest bit was the face. So when I did a better job on the face, and I don't know why it doesn't look exactly like the cat face that she had on her cat. But it's got like pouty sort of cheeks. Mm -hmm. It's got a, has a bit of a smirk here being like going to that side. <laughs> I think she's cute. Yeah. There's nothing particularly can, wrong with her. No. It's just... And you can always critique until the cows come home because that's what you can do when you have finished something, but mm. it's not necessary. I did the years in the exact place that she did them, but then are they too far back? But they look right. Mm. They don't look out of place. Anyway, I could try and do a different another one or do something different. I think, you know, when you do a teddy bear, you're a bit safer because you were not trying to make the face realistic. It's just got to look like a teddy bear. Anyway. She looks cheeky. Have you named her? No. She's been sitting Will there. Will you? I've been just thinking. And and when she sits in the, that position, like, which is, the, I think, the position the legs are supposed to be because that's why they pulled it. That's why they do that. The, yeah. Look. And it looks very cat-ish. It is a cat. <laughs> yeah, it is a cat. So for the knit, it was the sewing together that gave me the most trouble mm. because that's the crux of the matter, really. And I spent so many times, you know, so much time trying to make the face right. And I was very pleased with it until my husband interfered and said all those bad <sighs> things to me. I think he's just eroded your confidence. Mm. What do they know? That's right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. Did you find anything um, else on the internet this week? No, I don't think I've looked like, up anything else. Oh. You did send me the link about the... The British wool. farmers? Yes, uh, yes. Burning the wool. Yes. So this was a story... The British farmers, and it was actually, when you read it, one British farmer, <laughs> burning their wool because they can't get a good price for it. And the article had said it was in protest that they couldn't get a good price for it. But if you read further down, the farmer said it wasn't a protest. It was just that they, it wasn't worth them selling it. Yeah, it was too hard to get it well, to Why the... do they give it away to people who do spinning? Like, why would you rather burn wool than give it away to someone? I think it had no occur to them. I think that was the whole point, that they didn't have that many sheep, that they thought anyone in the area... You know, they lived rural. That was the whole problem, that they were a small-scale hobby farm. They lived rurally, so it was hard to get the fleeces... It was hard to get a shearer first to come and and take the uh, the the fleece to then take it to the mill. So I, th I think it was just a location issue in some ways. But all you have to do is shear the sheep because they've got to shear the sheep anyway. Mm -hmm. Put it in a bag, 
Put it on Facebook. Anybody want free wool for spinning? Come and pick it up. It'd be gone. Well, maybe they weren't really into the sheep for the wool, but for something else. So there might not be knitters or, you know, spinners. True. I can't believe you've been so nice about it. I was outraged. <laughs> I was like, how selfish is that? Just because they can't get money for it, they would rather burn it than give it to someone who could use it. Mm. Well, they've got to think more about that, I think. They've got to be a bit more generous with their wool. Yes, well, they did say after this outrage that they found the local, whatever club it was, that will use it. Sounds like they were city folk that just moved out to for some lifestyle. I, I just can't imagine anyone thinking, what are we going to do with this wool? Nobody will want it. Just because nobody wants to pay a lot of money for it yeah. doesn't mean that people don't want it. And And how come they have all that wool they can't get rid of and I am paying... $35 a ball. How is that a thing? Yeah, well, who's getting all that money? I know. It's not the farmer, obviously. Yeah, where does it go? It's a conundrum. If I could dye wool, I could tap into it and then I could make my stash huge <laughs> because I'd <laughs> never sell it. Yeah, but I don't think it's a dyeing. Like, that just adds to the process. Like, you got to prepare it and then spin it and wind it and whatever else you have to do and then it gets dyed that's just another step in the process to add to the cost and then if you want it hand dyed that's just an extra charge yeah. but i can spin oh god i could never spin that much all it's just too boring i'm not you know even 100 grams is eeks it out for me yeah but look you can go to the to the yarn not the yarn store but our local spotlight. homeware store where they have yarn as well, Spotlight. Maybe people, they have mostly acrylic yarn. Maybe people don't want wool anymore. I mean, it's flammable. Obviously. <laughs> well, <laughs> yeah, but it doesn't make a bonfire, does it? It goes, and all yes. I thought it or was, what other is reasons? there fire retardant though when you knit it up? I might have, I have not I used have, it. That might be worship. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> because talking about the spotlight, I what did, when I was looking for the eyes, I had some wool for Christmas from one of my sons, one ball, and it was I can't remember what animal. No, obviously it was, <laughs> it was a sheep. It was a sheep. <laughs> I can't remember the animal. Uh, it was a mixture between wool and soybean. Oh, soybean. That's what it was. Yeah. Yes, and. They were, I assume they're getting rid of it because it was reduced significantly. So I bought another four balls because it's quite a lot. I thought five balls, a thousand yeah, um, meters would probably make me some simple a jumper or or even if I wanted to do a jumper with color work. Or, mm. So I bought another four balls of that. <laughs> so that's sitting over there because I really need more wool. It was reduced and Spike had got me the present. So I thought, well, I might as well add to it and then I can make something and say, well, this is what you got me for Christmas. Mm. But how inconsiderate to just give you one ball. If you're not a knitter, you don't know that one ball is probably not enough. Yeah. Just but if it you're is not, enough if you're going to yeah. knit a shawl or something. Same as when you're not a knitter or a spinner, 
You don't know what to do with your fleece. You just oh, burn it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yes. Okay. You're right. Shouldn't be so down on the farmers. <laughs> we need them, those farmers. But well, we yes. don't need them if they're going to burn all the no, wool. No, of course not. Well, it's glad that they've had a wake up call and now they'll they'll um, donate that. Well, yes, I'm sure you can put anything on Facebook and someone will get it. Someone will take it. Mm. But maybe the English are not so well connected with the internet that they, you know, maybe they still use the drums to, yeah. <laughs> to communicate. Well, obviously on that farm they do. Yes. <laughs> yeah. I have got one. Oh, I t- tap the table. Sorry. I have got one more thing that I meant to tell you last time. And I wrote it down here to tell you this time. Because I had dinner with my friends, Tanya and Michelle, both of whom you know. Mm-hmm. And I was saying, oh, I don't want to go to work. You know, I just want to knit. I want my <laughs> podcast to, you know, be what I can concentrate on and my knitting. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I was like, well, you can't really, knitting doesn't really make that much money mm-hmm. because the amount of time, effort, money on wool. And they, in unison, thought I would make a lot of money by n- Knitting covers for sex toys. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think that's a market? It seems quite niche. (laughs) (laughs) Well, not to them, apparently. And when they were discussing it, obviously, they had discussed, they were, they were, it was very funny discussion because they were talking about different styles but sort of mismatching and one person has made oh you could do it like that which is quite small and one person you could do it like that but it was quite big but they were talking about actual different toys right not the same in different sizes um so and they said i could call myself the knitted pecker know shout out to them i know that tanya sometimes listens to our podcast after a night shift because she said our voices put her to sleep she cannot knit in any way but we're very soothing well that's good to know so thank you for the idea tanya bearing it in mind i think you should consider other options as well (laughs) i'm not sure that that'll take off well i think you know there's the question of why would you need it it to be in um, something that's knitted. And they were like, yeah, because then it can be like, um, you know, like an ornament. You can leave it around and people are not like, oh, my God, what's that? Because, you know, it's in a lovely knitted case. So what colours would you choose then? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. It it could take off. The more I think about it, the more sensible it seems. Well, you could approach one of those large centers and chains and just go and do a bit of research and see. Yeah. Would it take I think it'd be fiddly. <laughs> I don't think I'll come on board with that idea. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God, on that note, I think we need to go and get a cab. <laughs> Sounds like a good idea. <laughs> oh, see you next time. Okie dokie. See you next time. Bye. Honestly, they were hilarious. I'd forgot to tell you about it last time. <laughs>